evening. We have a lot of work ahead of us uh, over here on the House side too, but on the Senate side, we, we still have nominations that we're going through. We also have a Yemen uh, proposal that I guess they came out with this, uh, a different resolution. I didn't get a chance to read it yet this morning uh, to uh, deal with the Saudi Arabia issue separately from the uh, separately from the positions that we're in or the uh, the fortifications that we're doing to help Saudi Arabia in, Ye in uh, Yemen. And, and so we're going to deal with that because it's what's called a privileged resolution, which in the Senate means it comes up and you have to, you have to dispose of it and you have to uh, deal with it. So we're going to deal with that. Uh, we also have the farm bill that Pat Roberts keeps talking about. Every time he stands up, we go, okay, it's about the farm bill again. <laughs> um, but the farm bill's done, and so we need to pass that. And we also have the funding issue that is probably the big, the big issue for us. Um, we have, I'm chairman of the Homeland Security Subcommittee on uh, the Appropriations Committee, um, the wall and the wall system. Uh, literally said to Bozeman, why didn't you tell me about this before you said this was a great subcommittee? <laughs> he like leaves it quickly and, uh, here Shelly, this is wonderful. Uh, so we actually, I did a border tour uh, and which I would recommend to every single American. First of all, we've had a wall in this country for decades, and particularly in California and the California sector, San Diego and, and Tijuana. And uh, so a lot of the money, when he says, when it says he being the president, but when, when you refer to a wall, it's really a wall system. It's not all physical barrier wall. But what the border agents do every day, that is tough stuff. That is not for the faint of heart. And uh, so I think every day when we say our prayers, we need, to, we need to include the Border Patrol in that because it is really, really difficult. We have a long border um, and now everybody shifts wherever the holes are. You know, there's people on the other side that tell them where to shift and how to get through. Last month, 27,000 families came over illegally. Um, that's a lot of people. And, uh, and, and the numbers are going up and up and up. So I think fortifying our southern border is something I'm particularly um, engaged in, obviously, in my subcommittee. I think it's very important to the safety of our own country. It's important to the safety of the people who are trying to come into our country. And it's, it's in our best interest. So hopefully we can reach a compromise. We had $1.6 billion in our bill, which is what the president initially asked for. Uh, he's now up to the ante to five billion, which is what's in the House bill. Uh, I think it's going to boil down to what kind of compromise we can get with the Democrats and how far they're willing to go. In my subcommittee, I only lost five Democrats on the 1.6 billion uh, of wall, which is 60 miles of physical barrier and then a lot of the wall system that goes along with it, with another 375 border agents. So it's been a real learning experience for me. I traveled with the commandant of the. Um, Coast Guard, because also in our bill is a, um, it's an ice cutter, but they now call it the polar security vessel. And it's really important because the last one we had, we built in the 70s, and it's older than me. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's showing its age. And as we know, China and, um, and Russia are patrolling that northern uh, north of Alaska. Senator Murkowski reminds me every single day. Uh, and it's important that uh, that we have the capacity to really 
play in the in the Arctic region. So I'm very much on board with our polar security vessel. I think it's important, and that's a big part of this bill as well. Uh, so I think what it's going to be is compromise. They moved it to December the 21st to everybody's. I know. Um, you know what that means. So, uh, so I had a reporter ask me like two years ago. We were pushing up to Christmas, and they said, "Does Christmas put a lot of pressure on?" Such a stupid question. Does, does Christmas put a lot of pressure on members to want to, you know, compromise? I'm like, well, yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, they said, "Well, why is that?" And I said. Christmas. Birth of Jesus, <laughs> and they're just like forget you. <laughs> but um, you know, slow news day, I guess. But uh, so anyway, I hope we don't go to the twenty-first. But in all likelihood, you know, we've been through this many, many times. Before. It's probably a safe bet that we probably will be here on December twenty-first. Um, which to me is terrible because I'm remodeling my kitchen and I have to get home because Charlie can't do it all himself, even though Jim thinks he, that he can. Um, on the opioid issue, this is hitting my state severely hard. We have the highest uh, per capita of or, um, overdoses result, resulting in death per capita. Uh, it has hit families that I know, that my kids went to school with, their kids. Uh, friends, um, I the guy who's remodeling my kitchen came in. He has seven children, and his 38-year-old daughter just died of a heroin overdose. Um, he wants to press charges on the guy that gave her the heroin, but you know, you never know the whole story. And um, really, really sad. Um, I sat next to somebody at uh, a, a school function up here. Our grandchildren go to school up here. It was Grandparents' Day. Uh, I went over there and uh, they told me, I had met them last year, which was sort of funny, and then they, we sort of rekindled our little friendship and they told me that they lost their son to a, a, uh, an overdose. Uh, and so it's it's just cutting all kinds of different barriers it's in, and it's really, really sad. So we've done a lot of work, bipartisan. Uh, New Hampshire has the same issue uh, for a rural state. We've done a lot of innovative things in our state. Uh, uh, Jim mentioned the uh, uh, neonatal abstinence syndrome babies. We have some very um, cutting edge kind of treatments that we've developed because we've had to. And uh, we've done some community response teams, critical response teams. Our drug courts are working. Um, I'm glad to see that the president was able to get the, uh, the Chinese to agree to uh, work with us on the fentanyl issue because that's really where the killer is. More people in West Virginia die from fentanyl overdose than from heroin or any other kind of opioid. And, uh, but the thing about the problem is it changes. So it's gone from prescription drugs to heroin, to heroin with fentanyl, and now it's synthetic methamphetamine, which is a whole different kind of chemistry. And uh, we're lacking in professionals, we're lacking in treatment. Uh, we are upping our medication-assisted treatment um, facilities, also abstinence-only treatment facilities. I mean. You, you guys know, it's sometimes people gotta go three and four times before they, before it really sticks and, uh, and makes a big difference in your life. So I'm, that's something I'm deeply committed to. It's expensive, but we've gotta, I tell all my friends in the states that are not highly affected, if we don't knock this out in West Virginia, New Hampshire, and Southeast Ohio, 
It's coming in North Dakota. It's coming in Montana. I mean, you, you can't say that it's never going to get here because it will. And and so it's been really sad for us. Um, the last thing I'll say is this was the year of the woman. We got one woman on the Republican side, Carol Miller from West Virginia. From West Virginia. And I'm very proud of Carol coming into the um, into the house. Uh, but as Susan knows, we are just getting our butts kicked on this. And uh, it's a question that we ask all of us. Many of you have sat in rooms with me and, and others, other women Republican members, to try to figure out what is it that we need to do, when you, particularly when you see on, on the Democrat side, and, and um, congratulations to them, where they're bringing in women, younger women, women with, with kids, uh, things that, you know, when I first went in, I think there were 58 women in the house but only seven of us had kids under 18. Now, it's, uh, it's just changing. And so it's a chore. As, it's something that uh, I think we, as uh, me, as a Republican woman, are is very concerned about. Because I'm proud to be a Republican and, and what I stand for. But uh, it's not even really about what we can do with the ballot box. It's about being able to have our voices in that, in that what is now a much larger group of women um, uh, in the collective body, and the, on the on the Senate side, we have we're going to have uh, seven, which is the most we've ever had. The Democrats <coughs> will have seventeen. Um, they lost a couple of their women this time, and we picked up uh, three women were elected for the first time in their state. Uh, Marsha is the first woman from Tennessee. Uh, Cindy Hyde Smith is the first woman from Mississippi, and I believe. Um, Maybe Jackie Rosen might be the first woman from uh, from Nevada. So uh, those are always nice first to have. I'm the first one from West Virginia, so I'm always touting that. The last thing I'll say is um, one of the things I've been concentrating on in, in our state of West Virginia, because we're transitioning out of a heavy manufacturing, um, coal-based economy. We still, we still love coal in West Virginia. We still want our coal, but we've got to face the facts. We can't put all our eggs in one basket. We've got a transition, and we're working hard at it with our higher education institutions uh, of you know startups and entrepreneurial types of uh, types of things. So I've been going around to the fifth grade to do a program called West Virginia Girls Rise Up. I get all the girls in the fifth grade in the room and talk about their potential and what they can do. We have a lot of fun with it. I thought maybe that I would get resistance from the the schools saying you, you can't separate the boys from the girls and just talk to the girls. And then I realized all the teachers are women. Of course I can. And uh, all the reporters are women. So they're like, yeah, let's do this. So we have a, we have a really good time. And sometimes we'll take a, a celebrity guest with us. We took uh, Peggy Woodson, who was a very um, accomplished woman astronaut. She was terrific. Oh, they, they couldn't care less I was in the room. She had that blue NASA suit yeah. on and that was, <laughs> you know, she's great. She's great. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to do, sort of off away from being in the Senate to try to help our young next generation of leaders, regardless of what their party might be, just to sort of demystify public service and a public servant, uh, particularly at the higher levels uh, for our young girls. But I'm really enjoying the Senate still, and uh, I miss my house friends. I see, but boy, I go over to the house and all the faces are changing and have changed. And uh, Jeff Flake was in my class. I think I'm down to Sam from um, Missouri, Sam Graves. 
Golberson was in my class. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to think who else in my class, but it's only like two or three of us left from the class of 2000. Wow. So thank, who else? Did somebody say? Thank you all very much, and I'm happy to try to answer any questions. Fantastic. The trade issue, the Mexico, Canada, the U.S. agreement, what do you see coming down, going in, you know, it's probably going to be a bit of maybe, maybe early next year or in trade in general for on the agenda? Well, it's been interesting to watch the trade issue because a, a lot of our Republican members are from the ag community, and they've been pretty patient with this. I'd say like South Dakota, Kansas, Iowa, the big ag I'm talking about. And the, the message that you would get, well, they, they think, particularly on the China issue, that, well, the president really knows what he's doing. He's going to get a deal. He's going to get a deal, and we're going to have to have short-term pain for a long-term gain. And it starts starting to turn because it's getting too much. The short-term's turning into too long a term. And a lot of our ag community has really been um, suffering, and it's been a tough environment for ag anyway. Uh, and so I think that has probably... I think what you saw the president uh, announce when he was uh, at that meeting in South America to try to um, narrow that issue with uh, China was welcomed in those communities. So I think uh, in terms of the Mexico-Canada, I think I haven't heard any negatives. I'm sure there's some. I don't think we'll have, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think we'll have any problems passing that. Uh, I think that, uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, Former Prime Minister Mulroney mentioned that in his uh, in part of his eulogy. To it's, he started getting into all kinds of policy. I thought that was so like no, no, go back to talking about it. But um, <laughs> like I know what I'm doing. But anyway, uh, so I think that's going to probably be fine. I think it's going to be interesting to see with the president leading up to his reelect, with people in our conference. We, Sherrod Brown, he's combing his hair now. I mean, <laughs> it was on Twitter. It was on, and I actually asked him about it yesterday. I said, "I see you're combing your hair now, Sherrod. Are you running for president?" And he laughed and said, "Well, that wasn't really fair because he just had a haircut, and then his measure of when it's time to get it cut again is is it look as." Like Bernie's, and then it's got it back down. But you know, you've got him, you know, you've got Gillibrand, you've got Klobuchar, Harris, uh, Warren, Bernie, Booker. You just don't know. Oh, and then somebody said Bennett said he he might look at yesterday. So you don't know the dynamics once that gets into the uh, into the Senate. And I can only speak to the Senate, but in the Senate what kind of impacts that's gonna have. I hope that we can still get things like this through and done and uh, uh, to the benefit of a lot of people. But um, I think it's gonna be interesting to watch. And you know, we were up, we had Cruz and Graham and uh, Rubio last time uh, to watch them. And then it's gonna be interesting when Mitt Romney comes in, what kind of a position is he gonna take on a lot of these as a former uh, presidential candidates. I think we're going to be for an interesting two years, but I, I don't know how much resist Trump at any cost is going to drive um, every policy agreement, or if they're going to pick and choose. I hope they pick and choose. <laughs>